Good morning. Oh. Can everybody hear me? <laughs> it's great. It's good to be with you this morning. It's good to have uh, everyone out on a chilly Sunday morning. Um, also wanted to just make sure to welcome everyone who might be watching at home uh, or later on this afternoon. Um, I think I expect two of those people will be my parents, uh, since Sarah sang. <clears throat> and <laughs> my, uh, so a special shout out, Earl and Margaret Chad are celebrating 52 years of wedded bliss this morning. So that's, uh, congratulations, mom and dad. Love you. Um, really, really glad to be here. Um, really thankful to, to Matt and, and all those who uh, take time to prepare to lead us into worship and to point us to truth and to guide our hearts to focus on the Lord. Um, and so we're going to continue looking in, um, at scriptures and thinking about truth and, um, and letting the Holy Spirit speak um, to us all. Let's, uh, I know we've, we've prayed a bunch this morning. Um, I, I still need some. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we just thank you for this time. Um, we thank you for this, this time that you have gathered us, that you have um, ordained to be a reminder to us of our community, uh, of, our, of our position with you. Uh, God, I pray that you would guide our hearts, our thoughts, guide my words as we look to your word. Lord, speak to us. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, we're in uh, Hebrews again this morning. We've been walking, starting to walk through the book of Hebrews, and we will be for the next several months, on, mostly, on and off. There's a few other things set in. Um, if you've been following along with us, uh, you'll know, and if you're new, I'll explain to you, that uh, throughout the book of Hebrews, a large one of the big uh, themes that overarches the book is how is how Jesus is a better example of many of the things that we know to be true, uh, and and especially better than some of the things that were available to the humanity before he arrived. And he was the so he, he's a the, throughout Hebrews he's he's covering that uh, over and over again. And so our our theme and you'll see up there is is better than. And so there's and and, and the the sort of title of all these sermons is going to be it's going to be a better something, a, you know, better than this. Uh so we've we talked about how he's the uh, better than the angels and we've talked about he is a, a better word and uh and so this morning our our topic is better glory. And uh that that theme of glory was uh, present in the music and it will be later. Um, and, and so this, this morning we're, um, we're going to be looking at better glory, uh, and our roadmap for the morning, uh, we're going to be looking at, uh, our context and, uh, we're going to lo be looking at about how suffering and glory are connected. Uh, we're going to be looking at Jesus's, the, the contrast and comparison between Jesus' divinity and his humanity and control versus subjection. So that's some little uh, prophecy. So I actually meant to change that because I'm going to do those C and D in reverse order. Uh, and I forgot to make a note of that. So apologize. Um, so our passage is uh, Hebrews chapter two. 
We're starting in verse 5 through verse 9. And uh, I'm going to read that out loud. It's going to be on the screen behind me. Um, it's also in your pews. The, the blue Bibles are the, are the version that we'll be reading from. I'll, I'll be flipping around a little bit this morning. So if you have a Bible, that's probably better. I didn't put them all, all the scriptures I'll be going to on the, on the slides. Uh, but this morning we're in Hebrews chapter 2, starting in verse 5. And if you're able, if you wouldn't uh, mind standing for the reading of God's word. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower, you made him, sorry, for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him. That's what God wanted me here today. Uh, so there's, there's all sorts of ways that God speaks truth. Sometimes it's in the overall narrative, and sometimes it's a, in the word or in the sentence. And so both those things are true. But what the author is saying for this passage is that he's speaking about the world to come. So... I'm going to go back and just sort of refresh our memories about what we are talking about for the world to come. So chapter 1, he's, uh, he's talking about Jesus, and he's, talk, and he's, and he's setting him up that, uh, that he's setting up his divinity. He's setting up Jesus' divinity, and he's comparing him to angels and how Jesus has a better place than angels because of his divine nature. So he talks about, in verse 1, he quotes the Old Testament. He says, uh, which of, to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? So he calls him a son. And then he says in, uh, in the next verse, he calls him the, the firstborn. Uh, in verse 6, again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. And then in verse 10, he's talking about creation. He says, you, Lord, uh, speaking of Jesus and as his divinity, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. All right, so now... But now we, we take a little um, turn. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment, and like a robe, you will roll them up, and like a garment, they will be changed. All right, so he's talking about laying the foundations of the earth. This is the physical realm. This is what we know of as the world, right? And Jesus, as th his divine nature, is the creator of all that. And we see that all throughout Scripture, that, that the that Jesus was there as part of the creative order. And he says, they were all this, this world that we're in now is going to wear out like a garment. And I, I just thought that was such a great picture. You know, have, have you ever had like your favorite shirt? Okay, wives, you know your husband has a favorite shirt that you really want to throw out, but he's like, this is the best shirt. This is so comfortable. It's worn in. It's the holes in all the right spots. Okay, so you, you know, you got those favorite things that you just can't let go of. Uh, and, and I was trying to, I was trying to just picture this this idea that you've got this old worn-out shirt that's just like your favorite shirt, but it's really, really ruined. But like someday you'll be able to just take that off and get a brand new one out of the package and be like, this is this is the same shirt, but it's brand new. It's all new. It's even better. They updated the buttons and it fits more comfortably. That's the, that's the idea that the new heaven and the new earth is going to be a better version of what we see now. This old world, this old worn-out world, our old worn-out bodies 
we rolled up like a robe and changed like a garment. In verse 13, he says, to which of the angels has he ever said? And that's a rhetorical question because he's not said this to angels. He said this to Jesus, about Jesus. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. So chapter 1 is definitely setting up Jesus' divine nature. He's also talking about the world that is to come. Chapter 2, he swings a little bit into talking about Jesus' human nature. And we're going we're gonna to swing back to this, but uh, I don't want to skip it either. Chapter 2, verse 6. What is man that you are mindful of him? What is man? What is humanity? This is, this is the, the question of, of, that we all ask ourselves when we, when we realize how big and how awesome and how mighty and majestic God is. In, com- in comparison, why would he want to deal with such a worm as I, as the poet said? And what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him? Referring to Jesus as, as the Son of Man shows that he has a special place in humanity. Uh, elsewhere, he's called the firstborn. He's called the, the second or the last Adam. He's called the firstborn of all creation. In, in Colossians, he's called the firstborn of the dead, meaning he rose from the dead of his own accord. Uh, so this is chapter 1, Jesus' divine nature. Chapter 2, Jesus' in humanity made for a little while lower than the angels. What a contrast. What a gift. But we're trying to get around to talking about glory. And how do we get from being a little lower than the angels back to glory? So the What's connected here, and it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's maybe subtle, uh, but it's, it's definitely talked about in other places in Scripture, and it's sort of expanded. So this is one of those situations where we understand what's going on here based on the whole canon of Scripture, right? Because the Bible is one story told in many stories, right? We've heard that many times before from this pulpit. All right, so suffering and glory are connected. In verse 7... He says this, you made him for a little while lower than the angels, which is going down. And then he says, right behind it, you have crowned him with glory and honor. So those two two phrases seem opposite, but they're connected. Those two ideas being side by side is not an accident. It's it's purposeful. And so I want to take, I want to use another scripture to, uh, to sort of enlighten what this, what this might be referring to and what, what I believe he's referring to. All right, and so that, chap, uh, that other passage is going to be Philippians chapter 2. So if you want to turn to Philippians chapter 2, there's a few verses there about this, this idea that Jesus for a little while became lower than the angels to be crowned with glory. Philippians chapter 2. Verses 5 through 11. I'm not going to make you keep standing up and sitting down every time I flip to a passage because I understand. Uh, So this is Paul writing about, about Jesus. Christ Jesus, 
who, though he was in form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus, as divinity, chose to become humanity, chose for a little while to become lower than the angels, and, be, and not just to become human, but to become a servant. And not just to become a servant, but to accept death, and not just any death, but death on a cross. This, this is the grand, the grand gesture. And verse 9 says, therefore, God has highly exalted him. Suffering and glory are connected. Paul says in Philippians that this is to the glory of God the Father. In Hebrews, we're, we're talking about the glory of the Son of Man. So I think we should take a, just a minute and talk about what is glory. What, what, is, what does that word mean? What, is, what, is, what are we talking about? So the, the definition of, of glory that I looked up in a Bible commentary is the exercise and display, the display of what constitutes the distinctive excellence of the subject. Right? So the glory is that manifestation of whatever it is makes that person who's displaying glory, whatever it is that makes them excellent. So in respect to God, his glory is the manifestation of his divine attributes. In respect to people, in respect to humans, glory is that which is expressive of what's better about that person, right? So if someone is extremely uh, gifted musically, that can be glory. If someone is uh, displaying uh, virtues that are, um, that are uh, expected of us as Christians, that can be glory. Wisdom, um, righteousness, honesty, those are things that can be displays of glory when it comes to humans. With respect to God, it's the manifestation of his divine attributes. So how does God manifest his glory? Uh, the, the easiest one to, to picture is through creation. His glory is seen in the, the sunrise this morning. I don't know if, you, if everyone was awake for that or if you happened to look outside. Uh, it's in the, the, the beauty and the individuality of a snowflake. It's in the, uh, in the intricacies of ecosystems, and it's in the, um, just the, the unnatural... No, well, it's not unnatural because that's the nature that we have, but it's the... Uh, just unimaginable beauty of the world that we live in. It's also, his glory is also displayed in the redemptive narrative, that he's, that he's uh, even this, this whole idea that he is coming. Um, 
the most, the, the most, most sort of looked at manifestation of God's glory is inapproachable light. Remember when, when Moses was, uh, came down, um, having, having, been, having seen God's back, you know, he's, Moses said, I want to see you. And God said, you, God said in, in Exodus 33, 20, he says, no man shall see me and live. Uh, so he said, I'll, I'll, he said I'll, put you in a, I'll put you in the crack. And he's like, you can, you can peek through a crack and I'll pack, pass by and you can see the back of me. And, that's, and you, you won't die if you just peek through the crack and see the back of me. And so when Moses came down from that, his face, Moses' face was shining so hard that the people said, put a bag over your head. We can't stand it. With your, the, just the reflection of God's glory was so bright from, from Moses that... Uh, that they, couldn't, that they couldn't stand it. And, and so, so then Jesus as a man, he demonstrated his glory, his excellence, through his humility and through his suffering. And, and then, of course, I'm, I'm sure that it's not lost on you, that ultimately, Jesus is the physical manifestation of God's glory. Right? That, that stands to reason, right? So... Uh, that's why Jesus came. And uh, we're going to go to John chapter 1. The Gospel of John chapter 1, and he, he states it so poetically. And, and, you know, this is one of those things I was talking to, you know, mentioned to Madison this morning. There's so many, there's so many things I, I'd like to spend half an hour on. And so that's why I'm really excited about some terror talks later where we can dig into some of these things. I'm not saying these things, but some of the things that we're skipping over uh, collectively in the book of Hebrews that really ought to be dove into. We're, we're excited about that. And I'm, and I'm appreciative of him taking the lead on that. So John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word, Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth, came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. Only God, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. <clears throat> so Jesus, in his humanity, in his obedience to humility and suffering, is the manifestation of God's glory, the glory that we can approach. So we've seen, we've seen the, um, we've established Jesus' divinity. We've seen the writer of Hebrews establish Jesus' divinity. We've seen him establish his humanity. And and we're understanding that this is the manifestation of God's glory. That this is how we approach. But remember the context. What are we speaking about? We're speaking about the world to come. In verse 8 of, uh, of our, our passage this morning, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8, uh, speaking of the world to come, 
He says this, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Uh, earlier we quoted about, um, in chapter 1 he said, making the enemies a footstool. Um, in Philippians we talked about every knee will bow in heaven and earth and every tongue confessed that he is Lord. So this is in the world to come. So when will this be? Because Jesus has already come to earth. He's already manifested God's glory. He's already displayed his humility and suffering. He's already died for us on the cross. He's already rose from the dead. So when will it be that everything is in subjection? When will it be that his enemies are the footstools? Second Peter 3.9 The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and all the works that are done in it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to live in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord? Jesus' display of the glory of God is a better glory because instead of being unapproachable, instead of being uh, cut off from the view of man, from the experience of man, from, from uh, instead of being so wonderfully over that we can't even see his back. Jesus is a better glory because he's invitational, because he came to us in the form of a man. He came to us in humility. He came to us to suffer so that we could enter in the new kingdom, so that we could enter in the presence of God's wonderful, wonderful glory. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple protected man from God's glory was torn from top to bottom, paving the way for us to enter into relationship with a God that is so far above. So this is why Jesus is a better glory. Because he invites us to experience it. And he, he himself has paid the way. He himself has made it possible. This is a beautiful, beautiful truth. For those of us who know Christ, that beautiful, beautiful truth that he has paved the way for us. And for those of us who don't know Christ, the invitation is there. He is not slow in coming, as some count slowness. He's waiting because he's not willing for any. He does not wish for any to perish. Today is the day that he calls. Today is the day that the door is open. 
The day is coming when everything will be in subjection to him and every knee will bow in heaven and earth and every tongue will confess. And for some it will be in rejoicing and for some it will be in grief. And this is the search your heart. If you do not know Jesus, many of us would like to talk to you about what that means. Uh, myself, Pastor Matt, Pastor Daniel, the tribe leaders that you may be uh, already involved with, um, others. Please come and talk to someone. If this, is a, if this is so strange to you, if you don't understand, we would love to explain it. If you're a Christian this morning, be thankful. Don't take it for granted that we have been bought that we have, uh, that our debt has been paid, that the way has been made for us to experience the glory of Christ, the glory of God through the person of Christ. And it wasn't a small price. The price was his death. The price was his blood being shed for us. We're going to remember that in a few moments, and the, the band can come back up and... Um, We're going to remember that outside of Jesus, we couldn't approach the throne of God. And we take the bread and we take the wine and we remember that our debt was paid and the, 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 the road was paved for us to enter into the new kingdom when this one and this earth is rolled away and changed like a garment. Let's pray. Father, we're... We're aware and we're in awe of your glory this morning. And we are thankful and we are grateful for the gift of your son who came to die for us, who came to show us your glory. God, we ask that you would help us to focus on his person, his life, Lord, we, we ask that you would just help us to help us to rejoice in our new position as we look forward to the new coming of the new kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.